Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. If you're looking for a cable and you want something a little custom, check out Sinusoid's Build Your Own Cable section on their site, sinusoid.com. It's pretty much the best thing on the internet right now. Yep, Sinusoid Cables, they make cables. And smiles. <laughs> Steve hates my little my little jingle slogan there. All right, this episode is also brought to you by Mammoth Electronics, bringing you the Keeley mods. Once again, Keeley stopped doing mods, his famous mods to pedals over a year ago. Mammoth, which is comprised of former Keeley employees, has taken up the torch and they're at it again, putting Keeley mods into uh, those classic rock and roll pedals and jazz pedals that you know and love. <laughs> <laughs> I've already uh, done a bunch of demos for them. I've got more coming out. Uh, last week, I put out a demo for the uh, the modded Rat. Which and got, and the, the modded SD-1. The SD-1 as well, which are both great mods. Uh, those are classic pedals in my book. And the, uh, the Keeley mods that Mammoth does to them make them even better, in my opinion. Uh, coming up this week, I'm hoping to get the Blues Driver done and maybe the Metal Zone. So uh, keep your eyes keep your eyes out for that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, that's where all the action is going to go down. Or jump on our Facebook group. I'll be posting them there as well. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, mocking, bringing, reviewing, playing, podcast. I guess a little sloppier each week. We've been doing Yeah, this. we say that, but it's still semi-intelligible, which is pretty impressive for 166 episodes. Well, let's give it another like 166 episodes and see what it sounds like. It's just going to be... Like a- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll class it up and we'll, you know... Be able to say things clearly Probably not. in another 200 episodes. All right, man. Uh, so what's new? What's new with me, you're asking? That is the question on the table. Well, some of you know that uh, sometime last year, I jumped churches. I left the church that Steve and I served at together, and I started going to a new church. Uh, jumped on a new worship team, and I found out recently that I'm losing my worship pastor which is a little bit of it's a little bit of a bummer, but then like I get it, you know, life goes on. People got to move on to new things, and he's going to a new church and new position, and you know, new responsibilities, new location, all that new sort of stuff. But I'm I don't know who our new worship pastor is going to be yet. I heard uh, you were thinking about taking the position. I was not thinking <laughs> about it, but uh, since starting to serve on that team, like it seems like. Every other week, I get like this little nudge question from people over there, like, "Oh, you want to you want to try leading one week? Oh, you want to try you know jumping in there? You want to like like they're all about like you know kind of delegating stuff out to people, right. which I get, I totally get it, and they're looking at me like, "Oh, this guy can play guitar all right. He can probably debatable. He can probably uh, you know 
sing and do the worship thing too. I I cannot lead worship. Like it is not my skill set at all. But then there's like that little tickle in the back of my head, like oh maybe you should just maybe you should just try it. But then like the sensible part of my head wakes up and goes, Ryan, you dingus, you don't you can't do that. Now, when I heard about this for like maybe a one whole second. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. And I was like, nope. Nope. Like, beyond even singing and playing rhythm guitar, which are things I'm terrible at. Right. I cannot see myself tackling it in an organizational sort of way. Organization is tough. Um, yeah. I mean, for the group that I lead, uh, which is like kids, like, I basically, you know, every week is a new adventure. So, I, in some ways, like, maybe with adults, it would be easier, but also, like, I kind of don't plan songs and stuff out yeah well when you're doing it for kids you can fly by the seat of your pants a little bit more yeah uh i like the guy who was leading worship it was like a full-time job right like if i jumped into it it would be a huge step back from the level of quality he was hitting for sure like in all parts of it it would be a huge step back uh and i just flat out don't even have the time to even be thinking in that way but it's it's flattering for people to be like, oh, hey, maybe you should try this to have them even consider that I could do it. But then, of course, none of them have heard me sing. Right. I think if they did hear me sing, I think they would uh, they would not consider me. You should an option. Uh, you should give them a, you should give them a little sample. You're like, yeah, you know, I've been working on my singing. How does this sound? And then just sing something. No, no, I'll just send them YFB tracks. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and they'll know that I'm not I'm not worship leader material. <laughs> So that's what's been going on with me. I'm looking forward to uh, meeting whoever becomes a new worship leader. I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the transition period because there might be a transition period where there's not a worship leader. Right. Seeing kind of what do you happens have, then. Do you have people there who like could... There are people who can sing. I don't know of any other like rhythm acoustic guitarists that are okay, there. So there's not even like necessarily enough structure where like... Somebody could just be like, look, like I'll just pick songs. I'm not gonna give you anything I think beyond that, but we can like pick songs like the week of Right. I think if we had a couple of practices and had uh, a couple of the singers really like practice and you know get stuff down with the keyboard player, then they could hold it down in that way. Right. Um you know, worst case scenario, the the guy who is your current soon to be formerly leader uh is pretty organized so i wouldn't be surprised if he just lined some people up sure like, sure be like hey look it, this won't be permanent unless you want it to be but it, if you want to come lead at my old church for a couple months like i'm sure there's people out there who yeah are itching to be worship leaders yeah and are much more skilled than i am for sure hey, hey. <laughs> oh man so do you have anything new going on steve yeah i got a new amp this week you uh, really did didn't I you did. it's the the wong's mini five uh-huh it's the five watt counterpart to the mini vt or the i guess it's just called the vt1h uh that we got before we're um, both uh we're both wang's boys now well we'll you, have... i i'm a this is a wong's amp right? okay oh. i got a wang you've got a wong's <laughs> Uh, um, this, uh, this, the mini five is a five watt amp with a, uh, pair of 12 AX sevens, a single 12 BH seven and a 64 rectifier, which that's kind of interesting. It actually has a, uh, tube or diode rectifier switch. Uh-huh. So you can kind of switch between that. Um, 
and we were kind of messing around with it. It seems like there's a little bit of a tonal difference. I know traditionally, like the difference between the tube, uh, the tube rectifier did sound a little softer to me. Yeah, the the that and I think that's supposed to be the way it sounded. That's that of course tube rectifier sag. Uh huh. Um, and then it also has like a brighter warm switch, which that was pretty pretty interesting. That was pretty a pretty dramatic control. Um, and it's just single channel volume treble middle bass. Uh, it gets loud real fast. It probably peaks in volume right around noon, and then everything up from there is just compression. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we were just messing around with it in your garage and granted it was through that, uh, Al Nickel blue, uh-huh. which is a very efficient speaker, but it got pretty loud for five Watts. I, you could play that thing with a drummer. <laughs> I think Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't knock the drums over or anything, but you could, uh, you could jam with someone. Yeah. With I think amp. you could roll into like a blues jam or something. I, I mm-hmm. definitely, uh, think I could, I mean, we're. we're doing a uh, closet miking at my church now. How are so, you? Yeah. We got. Well, my speaker cabinet is sitting in a closet, so uh, a lot of the times, uh, whoever's playing electric guitar is running their speaker out into my cabinet. Um, gotcha. So uh, I'm. I think I could run that, but even if we weren't like, I think it's got a really good sweet spot. Like it breaks up. It's got a really smooth breakup. Actually, it's got a, a, it a pretty good breakup range. I think you could very easily dial in something where. You know, if you're strumming, gosh, it responds really well to pick dynamics. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, I, does it does it clean up when you roll back the guitar's I, volume? I think it. You know, I didn't try it, but but I mean, you know, that I, a lot of guys, and I'm one of them. Like, if we're going for that type of like pick dynamics thing, um, you know, you set your amp to the edge of breakup. When so it's like. You know, if you strum a little softer, it's chimey. And if you dig in, like, it just starts to just overdrive yeah. a little bit. And this amp definitely could it do definitely that. It definitely lives in that range. Um, and I took it and just went uh, bright, everything to the max. And I thought it sounded really cool. I think it does sound cool. It it still has that super low wattage sound to me, like, like when you get, like, a champ running or something like that. Right. Where it just sounds kind of like... Like this, there's this mid nasal quack to it, like sure. you're in like a cardboard tube sort of thing going on. Okay, which is uh, you know it can be a really effective sound in the right scenario. Um, it definitely doesn't. It's very far away from a modern like you know full frequency sort sort of sound. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like a nasty like nasal like bluesy. Like vintage amp, like yeah. that's what's going on I, here. I, I was told it's supposed to be kind of like a tweed feel. Right, um, right. I mean, I know what that means in terms of words, as as far as you know, I mean small l- wattage Fender. You yeah, know? as far as you know, being able to like look at different aspects of the amp and be like, oh yeah, you know, it's definitely kind of like has a similar control layout to this or that or whatever. You uh-huh. know, doesn't mean necessarily as much, but you know, with the with the volume dimed, I thought it sound, had a really cool, like, just blow everything up kind of a sound. Yeah. Uh, you have two small wattage two I do. now. I do. <laughs> one of funny. them, actually, Co has with him. I think he was taking him on his one day. Oh, did he? His one day shows. The, I heard that the one right. And yeah, uh, he did his first one in Salt Lake City. We um, He got to go hang out with uh, Cole Duke. Cole Duke. Of the Gear Slum podcast. Of the Cole Duke band. <laughs> the Cole Duke band. <laughs> Does he have a band called the Cold Duke Band? I don't know. I hope not. 
Not because I don't want him to have a band. I just would hope that he would come up with a more creative name. Um, but yeah, I think he took the took the Gamatron with him. Um, I don't know. I loaned it to him. I hope that's what hope he it, did. Hope it came back. Well, he watched. He sold it. Yeah. <laughs> he sold it to some dude he in Salt Lake City. Um, <laughs> no, he just took. He he's borrowing it from me, but he didn't take it on the show. It's just like in his studio. Oh, home. really? No. I don't oh, know. I see what I you're, you're making a joke. I admit, I was making a joke, Ryan. Okay. I see um, what's going on. But anyway, yeah, this uh, this little Wong's five watt job. It's uh, two hundred fifty dollars. Um. Eventually, I'm going to borrow it from you and do a shootout with mine yeah. to show the difference between one watt and five watt. Yeah. I guess um, I don't. I mean, it's hard for me to say like what other options there are because I'm you know I'm not going out and trying every sub three hundred dollar tube amp. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is I thought this one sounded really good, and I could definitely like if you're looking for like a classic, you know, old Fendery I small mean, wattage sound. I, I think yeah. it does it. I mean, if you've got a speaker to run into it and you're looking for small yeah. watt tube heads, I mean, it's definitely on the table. It's definitely on the menu. I'm I, at 200. You said 250? 250. 250. At 250, I mean, you're still in the range of what people are paying for pedals these days. Like, yeah. It's kind of, you know, in that disposable income mm-hmm. kind of kind of range, you know, like tickle an itch, like go buy a small watt tube head. Uh, but there's, you know, plenty of options out there. And in my opinion, most like small watt tube heads all kind of have a similar thing going on. Sure. But I think the thing that sets this one apart from what I've seen is that it does have the full three band EQ. Yeah. And that's actually you- a really cool feature. And, and I actually thought uh, that gave it um, a pretty. Gives it a pretty good leg up. Well, I thought on like, what I've I seen felt from, like it was pretty versatile. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a decent amount of headroom on the low. It's not going to boom a ba- like boom bass or anything like that. Right. But you can get some thick sounds out of it. You can get some bright sounds out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, tweaking the mid knob is a really powerful option. So you know that that really bring, brings a lot to it. The, uh, the 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 Wangs that I have just has the single tone knob. Right. Which only gives you so many options. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can control your tone before the amp to a certain extent but once you're hitting those hot tubes i mean it's kind of all over yeah so yeah it's it's definitely got some fun options just you got that rectifier uh switch tube or solid state yeah i'm assuming and then you have a diode yeah a diode then you have the bright and dark switch and then you have the full three band eq i mean there's a lot of tone tweaking going on there so, yeah i think it's definitely an option on the small wattage menu for sure and people should check it out uh, should we jump into the show? You want, uh, <laughs> you yeah, want jump into the show? No, we'll do that later. Okay. Uh, let's me, let me find the first ad. Yeah. Here. This uh, ad was sent to us by, uh, Tim Vershagen. Hopefully I didn't butcher your name too bad, Tim. Uh, Tim Vershagen. Um, I've, I met him at, uh, he's, I've met him two times, uh, at Cowerfest. Oh, he's did a, you? He's a Cowerfest guy. You met him once and then you met him again. Yeah. Uh, and he is, he brings it. In. Oh, you know what? He might've been the guy who wasn't, I don't, I don't think he was at Cowerfest this past year. I'm, I'm, Maybe you didn't meet him. I only, no, I I have met him before the year that I think I went alone. Oh yeah. You went uh, to Cowerfest one time without me. And I, cause the, I think it was Tim that was the joke this year that he, other people can win this year because Tim wasn't there Oh, <laughs> because he usually takes home a bunch of stuff. Um, but he's a cool dude. He's a, a pretty pretty great player. Uh, he's got kind of a unique style, but mm. uh, 
I like his stuff. Um, but he sent us this. It's the uh, Tufel. Well, when you say sent, he posted it on the Facebook group, which is where we got a lot of our ads this week. Yeah. Excuse me. It's a Tufel. Tufel. I'm going to say Tufel. Tufel. That sounds right to me. Tufel. Tesla classic. Uh, I've never. I feel, I feel like most. I feel like a lot of people have probably probably already seen these because uh, they're weird looking. But I never really knew anything about them. I never researched into them. I always just saw pictures and thought, oh, you know, it's one of those weird kind of like postmodern kind of like uh, high technology, you know, exotic materials kind of guitars. Yeah, it's yeah. it's headless. It's seventy nine. It's seventy nine hundred dollars. The, the t- there's no top horn on it, but the body sweeps all the way up to like I want to say like the seventh fret. Yeah. But then there's super high fret axis underneath. And, you know, funny little metal bar for it to hook onto your leg there. Yeah, I think the body's like pretty thin too. Yeah, it's this you know high concept like art piece looking guitar. Yeah. So I was just looked at it like oh it's just some you know kind of arty guitars. <laughs> Probably good for jazz or whatever. Hey Ryan, uh, I until reading the description on this ad did I realize there was anything different about like the electronics of it, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to me. Well, I want to ask you a question. Ask me. Do you remember your first electric guitar? I do. Well, in the early days of electric guitar building, you had a struggle not only with the guitar itself, but also with the unwanted background noises that guitar produced in those days. For example, pickup feedback resulting from pickups not yet being wax potted or loud humming coming from a loose solder joint. Sometimes the guitar signal would be interrupted when you randomly touch the knob. Nowadays, all these effects have disappeared as a result of technical improvements, although they have become part of music history as archetypes of guitar sounds. They're comparable to sounds such as the scratching of records and skipping of CDs, which have also become musical archetypes that are often cited in today's music. (laughs) Uh, with the Tesla, Auric Tufel has designed a guitar that, along with modern guitar sounds, also has these primitive sounds at its disposable. Disposable? <laughs> Contact points and push buttons are situated all over the body, which, when pressed, activate the respective sounds. The Tesla Classic is the most common model. It has two pickups and three noise buttons. All Tesla models have the new... I don't know. It just it just stops. Um the left button causes 60-cycle hum. The middle switch hey, inter- us. interrupts the guitar signal. The right button activates a small microphone beneath the neck, neck pickup, which allows controllable feedback. In the classic version, the pickups are controlled by a push-push switch. Only the bridge pickup on the neck can be activated. Oh, sorry. Only the bridge pickup or the neck can be activated. In other words, you have two quickly accessible sounds at your disposal. All Tesla versions have a robust jack from Switchcraft. In case of contact corrosion, the contact tabs can be cleaned with sandpaper and be bent back. The jack mounting plate is cut from a solid 8mm aluminum plate, which follows the body shape. Uh, and they do a bunch of like custom stuff as well. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about these control little plates on here. Yeah. I couldn't I watched a video. I couldn't tell if they were buttons or they were plates. To me, it looked like they were like plates that react the same way like you remember the lamps where you would touch them and you turn on right like a contact plate they don't look like something that's being pressed i could be totally wrong it could be like a really like shallow click on these things but the video i was watching the guy was just like tapping these three plates that are just underneath the strings like like 
I, just underneath there. I I know what you're talking about. I feel like it's got to be some kind of like really shallow switch. I don't know. He was because I feel like otherwise you would just like accidentally trigger him all the time. That's true too. But it seems it like jump on uh, jump on the YouTube's or find this reverb ad and play the video. This guy is playing with this thing. And it's like he's just like super lightly tapping one of them and doing like stuttering effects. He hits one of them and it makes it basically sounds like when you touch the um, the lead on a on a your circuit. That's the sixty cycle switch, right? But it makes your unfortunately he was holding it down and playing, and it made his signal sound like super thin and almost like out of out of phase. That's the microphone switch. That's the microphone switch. Yeah, Uh, and then. And he was doing like all this tapping stuff to get all kinds of like just fluttering noises and like electronic like buzzing noises. That's the kill switch. Right, right. But yeah, I'm saying he was using them all at once and like oh yeah, creating like really interesting soundscapes. And if like you're using all kinds of like long delays and and effects like that, it looks like a really interesting uh, control palette to have. And I wouldn't mind having just those three controls like added into a a guitar I currently have. You know. Oh, the microphone, obviously, that one would be a little trickier to do. Kill switch is easy. Yeah, like, but I feel like this, like, look at it. it, it it's a different kind of control in there. Right, and the guy was like, something like that. The guy was, like, tapping Close. it, like, super light and fast, and that's what I want. Just get a soft-touch switch and put a barefoot button on it. <laughs> Duh. But then, like, on the switches, like, there's a physical play that's pretty wide that you have yeah. to overcome to get that fluttering. Right. Like, I want to know what these are like i like i need to research them and figure out if i can if it is a control like a like like an electronic like just touch control plate where you're literally it, it functions just by you touching it and grounding it somehow mm-hmm. like that is something i'm very interested in i'd love to have that on a guitar i think it's a cool concept um otherwise you know just go look at the picture of this guitar they're kind of neat it's freaking eight thousand dollars <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, I, and this is a used price. I'm wondering what the new prices are on these things. They're pretty up there. Yeah, like you said, they're kind of like artsy, kind fartsy. of a little avant garde overall. Um, yeah. All right, let's hit our first topic then. Yeah, let's get a topic going. Uh, on. This one was sent to us by Jackson Hubble, and his comment on it is: Guitar Center is using Facebook for sale now. Um, you know, we've kind of touched on this a little bit with Craigslist stuff. It's a pretty well-established rule that, you know, Craigslist is now divided into for sale by owner versus for sale by retail right. or whatever. Um, but now, I, apparently, the Guitar Center in Goodlitzville, Tennessee, is advertising their selection of Bluesman Vintage Guitars on a Facebook Marketplace. And they are apparently the only guitar center that's currently stocking these guitars. Um, you know, I don't obviously like. I, I shouldn't say obviously. Like, I, I, I guess I feel like Facebook Facebook Marketplace is designed for small, not even small businesses, but like individuals, right? And I know that some people try to run like semi businesses off of Facebook Marketplace, like you know the. The guy down in South San Diego who's selling like Lumpia. 
Yeah. On Facebook or whatever. Like people, I wish that guy was up the street. People do this. Whoever Dude, that you is. live in Mira Mesa. I, they never are selling lumpia on the Facebook find here. Some, there like, are uh, restaurants that do restaurant. it. I want that homemade lumpia. There's this bakery. We went, there's like a Filipino bakery over by the Viet Hung. Uh-huh. That was probably your go-to place for lumpia. There's anyway. a place not far from here that does lumpia. I just... Uh, so so anyway, I want the homemade stuff? It, obviously, like this is most people think of it, Guitar Center as like the Walmart, you know, the uh, the Walmart of guitar stores. So it's like, how weird would it be if you were like cruising Craig's or Craigslist, yeah, you know, for like a bicycle, and you uh, you find it's like, more a, like the, the Walmart. Be- it's more like the Best Buy of. Well, I guess it's the Walmart of guitar stores. Like if you're putting in the range of guitar stores, then yeah, it's like as big as it gets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, imagine you're shopping for like a refrigerator and you come across an, an ad and it's just looks, it just turns out that it's for Sears, you know? Right. Like, why are right. you advertising on Facebook? This is for like people who are trying to sell, you know, like dirty mattresses and, and prom dresses, you know? <laughs> yeah. Facebook Marketplace is... Uh I haven't seen a lot of good stuff on there. No, it's pretty pretty uh, dismal. Try to buy a bicycle. I think the lady had it listed for like I don't know, like seventy five or eighty maybe. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, can you do sixty five? And she was like, "Sure." I was like, "Okay." And we kept going back and forth trying to work out a time. And then she was like, "Oh, you know what? My husband's gonna be like really insistent on the price. Sorry, like unless you can like meet me up." And I'd already bought a bike pump. Oh no, Steve! Uh, you already invested in a. I'd pump? I'd already invested in a pump, but then she like switched it up, and I was like, "Nope, sorry, yeah, I'm not gonna do." It. Even though it was like cheap, I was like, "I'm not doing it on principle." And the and the thing that's like, I don't know, maybe I burned myself on it is I would have paid like the original price if she would have just said like, "Nah, I can't." Like right. my price has got to be firm. But the fact that like she went on, I was like, "Late, look, lady, like." You already committed. If you're going I was like, and I told like my response is like, oh, like this is all I have in my budget. She's yeah. like, well, maybe if, you know, uh, well, maybe if something works out later on. I was like, I don't know. We kept trying to set something up. I was bummed a little bit. Sorry, yeah, I had sorry to, about your bike problem. I Steve. had to buy a, I had to buy a pump because uh, it didn't have the standard like tire valve. It had like some weird. Oh, weird. Like road bike valve, I forgot. I can't even imagine a different kind of valve. Yeah, you know how like your bike probably has the same kind of valve as like your car. Yeah, this one has something different. Okay, <laughs> I got that it's different. I just don't know how it's. Yeah, different. it's weird. I looked it up. So, read about do you it. think it's okay for a guitar center to advertise on Facebook or even Craigslist or anything like I that? I think it's weird. It's weird, right? But I don't know what the rules of Facebook are. I mean, I'm sure the rules don't care. I'm sure Facebook doesn't care, but it's like. It feels weird as a consumer. It's like, oh, like you're going to walk into Guitar Center, like, oh wow, oh I didn't know this place was here until I saw it on Facebook. Yeah. Like, and, and I guess maybe like, you know, it could be worse. Like, they only, as far as we can tell, they just are showing the this new line of instruments that they got in. Like, if they really wanted to be like douchebags about it, they could have taken a picture of every single new guitar they had, right? In and like just flooded Facebook Marketplace with like. 50 ads well they might be doing that who knows yeah. this could be just the cherry on the top you know um i honestly i don't think i would mind if our local guitar centers kept their used inventory up to date 
on our local Craigslist. Right. I would be kind of fine with that because that's the only reason I go to Guitar Center anymore is to check out the used mm-hmm. inventory to see if they've got something funky in the pedals and hamster guitars. And that's how I scored my reverb unit. That's how I scored various pedals that I have. Uh, I, I went in there the other day and they uh, they had some guitars that I might have bought instead of my Ibanez when I bought my Ibanez for less, basically. Uh, you know, Floyd Rose equipped guitars that I was looking for. So, and it's kind of a pain in the butt jumping on Guitar Center's used section on their official website. Yeah, so I would be, it's a little tricky to search. I guess I would be fine with that. Like, here they're advertising a specific brand that might be like a local brand or something like that, that, you know, this one store is trying to pitch or trying to source. So I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's a little weird, but then I kind of get it. But then I kind of don't either. Are Guitar Centers, are they franchises? I actually don't know. I don't think they are. No. They don't I, seem I, like franchises. I feel like that's a too big of a model, like too big of a product to franchise out. Yeah. I feel like you would have to keep that. You've got to be uh, in the, the whole supply chain pretty mm-hmm. deep. But then like McDonald's, their franchises in it's like Yeah, they, but their like, products dirt cheap. Like Yeah. I mean, I know it takes a big like initial investment to get a franchise going, but the reality is that like I'm sure they're going through like a lot of product every day. But But what I was saying is you're not gonna see a McDonald's that is carrying like some weird sandwich they came up with. Right. With ingredients that don't come from Ex- right. the source, you know. Well that's franchise rules and but on top of it, like pretty much everything I think in terms of ingredient sourcing may be handled else like not by the local franchise. Yeah. Because I think they're just buying like patties from licensed McDonald's suppliers of course. or whatever. If I if I'm ever like a super rich dude, I'm gonna like buy like a subway franchise. And surf not subway. Yeah, I'm gonna have t- completely different food in Probably there. like you probably have to sign a contract that says that they're gonna sue <sighs> the living daylights out of Don't you if you do that. Spoil my funds, Steve. I've been spoiling a lot of people's funds this week. This is completely hypothetical, and you're ruining it for yep, me. Yep, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's uh, let's jump into uh, another ad. Yeah, this was sent by Jesse Emery. It's an RV cab. This thing is crazy. Custom twin reverb two by twelve combo cabinet uh, fits Silverface twin reverb, Super Six dual Showman, etc. So basically, any of the long chassis heads. Right. Uh, I call it the Millennium Falcon. Stored straight out of 1978. Custom built out of lightweight RV materials. Lighten up that beast. Well, a little. Silverface Twin is still going to weigh a lot no matter which cab it's in. This cab is a bit bigger, though, than the stock particle board Twin Cab. And trust me, it sounds better. Stiffer, tighter, taller. Best part about it, though, is that it turns heads. Something a stock Twin won't do. (laughs) I guess. I mean, it's definitely going to get you more visual interest than a standard twin reverb yeah but i don't know if that's in a good way or not it's uh i think if you're in like the right aesthetic like if you're in a national lampoon's vacation themed band clark and the griswolds right right perhaps, uh what's the name of your band uh-huh um and all you did were travel tunes uh, this could be the. It looks pretty Fender Twin Rehouse Cab for you. Like I get the concept, but the execution looks pretty ghetto, right? 
Like, I'll, I'll describe what we're looking at here. It's basically like wood paneling makes, yeah. up, makes up the construction of the body. And it looks, he's comparing it to ply or to like, to NDF, I think, but there's right. no way that's solid wood, right? That's got to well, be something I, with a veneer. That's all veneer. It could be solid wood with veneer on top of it. And then all the edges are like the aluminum rail edges with yeah. like heavy, like sharp looking screws so sticking that out. That makes it indestructible. It makes it so that it's going to destroy the inside of your car <laughs> and any other like, like instrument, like cases or, you know, any other amps you get near Just it. keep it in the trunk. Anything that rubs against this is going to get wrecked by the sharp edges on this thing. Like, there's a reason why, like, guitar cabs and, you know, like, instrument cases have kind of, like, soft edges on them. Right. Rounded edges. They, they seem tough, but this has, like, hard metal edges on with screws sticking out all over the I, place. I feel like the real thing is what really kind of tie... Gosh, this sounds... So, uh, what ties it all together, Steve? So, Bob Vila, what ties it all together is uh, you got to do the voice if you're gonna do it. I don't know what Bob Vila's voice sounds like, I don't remember. Okay, um, but is the grill cloth there's no grill cloth? I think that's really the thing that, like, if it had a grill cloth, I think you could visualize it as a full thing better. Uh huh, Uh, as it is, I think all the little things that may or may not actually be flaws appear to be flaws because it just doesn't look complete. What kind of grill cloth would you want on this, Steve? Would you go for like a, like a flat black or would you go for some kind of like 70s curtain carpet, curtain like material? That one. You would go for 70s curtain material? The grandma's couch. Yeah. But I'm, I'm imagining like that beige like ooh, like curtain material. That'd be a good one. That would be like the good uh, grill cloth on this. Yeah. And then, you know what, could what actually, kind of amp would you put in it? You would know you put it actually in work on this pretty well? Is like a, maybe some kind of oxblood looking thing. Yeah, too. yeah, that, that would work. Uh, what kind of amp? I mean, if you have a twin reverb that needs to be rehoused, why not? Yeah. Uh, as far as like fitting the chassis, I don't really know the exact dimensions offhand. Uh, you know what it kind of looks like? It looks like a cheap pool table. Oh yeah, I, I you I know like totally, the yeah I know what not you mean. cheap but like the the indestructible kind of pool table that you see like in a rough bowling alley yeah where it's like okay this thing is is meant to survive decades of abuse from you know teenagers and drunk people yeah it's I, got I know that, exactly what you mean it's got that look to it so maybe this thing could live in a pool hall it's like a like a stage amp or something like that are there stages in pool halls I don't know. I'm Probably. sure. I'm sure there is a pool hall or two in America that that has a uh, a stage element to it, but I don't know. It's just such a weird look. I can't imagine this thing selling for what they're asking. 120 bucks. I just can't imagine it. I've got two loaded speaker cabs in my garage that I can't get rid of. Apparently, <laughs> when's the last time you listed them? Uh, like twice this last week. Oh, okay. I'm not getting hits at all, and I have them up for trade for a large pizza and a bottle of brown liquor, and no one was has t- taken me up on the offer. Dude, I'm gonna. Stay. I don't want to knock off the pizza and liquor. I want at least. I'm pizza gonna. And liquor. Maybe I'll bring over a large pizza and a, some brown liquor, and we'll put these things to rest. Oh, I don't want to retire them either. They're too—they're <laughs> too cool. 
It breaks my heart, Steve. How many pieces would you say that I've broken your heart into? What? How many pieces would you say that I've broken your heart into? Um, gee, Steve. Are, are we talking about the life of our friendship or tonight? Just tonight with, with you uh, know, two or this, three. this cabinet. Two or three. Okay. Um, so we got another topic suggestion from Colin Ryan. Uh, he wants to know about Floyd Rose Trems. Is the era of dive bombs and dime squeals over? Uh, no, he says that era is over, rather. Uh, so are Floyd Rose is still relevant. Why do we still see them on new guitars? Uh, well, you know, I don't think the era of dive bombs and dime squeals or pinch harmonics, whatever you want to call it, are over necessarily. That stuff still lives in like the metal scene. Like People are still doing that stuff. It's just not part of kind of like more mainstream music culture and hasn't been for a long time. I mean, like back in the day, Van Halen was dropping solos on Michael Jackson songs. Like right. that, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, but there's still a ton of players out there who are using Floyd Rose guitars, especially in the metal scene. Yeah, I think they've maybe become a little more niche, but definitely... Um I think you cannot overlook, you know, look at Ibanez. Like, yeah, you say like the Floyd Rose system. Now Ibanez is using their own system, but it's effectively, it's a double locking trem. And it's basically not every single guitar they sell, but that seems to be like their bread and butter. And a, a lot of the uh, signature artists that they have are signature artists that are known for that. Yeah. And so, you know, you can think of, you know, dive bombs and and pinch harmonics and all this as like even as a specific thing, but there's um, other things you can do with the you Floyd know, too. But. Yeah, the, you think about like the uh I mean, that era of of shredder music, I mean, it's been gone for a long time, but in like the late 90s you have bands like Korn who are still using trams they're more like a metal whatever yeah. i guess new metal metal and and in turn you i mean i mean you're I, I don't i don't even honestly know how much like the era of of maybe the era of full-on like i'm gonna detune my guitar two and a half steps is over right like the whole but like, every once in a while like i'm flipping through the radio and an avenge sevenfold song comes on and like that dude uses the uh the old uh, vibrato, pretty, pretty. Uh, yeah, I'm stuttering a lot. You really are, Steve. I don't have a fully formed thought. I'm trying to catch uh, up with you myself. You want me to take over, Steve? Maybe, but you know, that's just the thing. Is like, is like, there's a lot of like chuggity, chuggity, like hard rock now. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, we talked about some. We've talked about different artists that are kind of waving that flag of like modern, but somehow a little bit old sounding, like just big chord sounds. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's not like there's nobody out there shredding. Yeah, there's people out there who are shredding. They're just in. They're stuck in niches. You know, they're not yeah. in in popular music these days, which is fine. It's totally fine. I don't think you know that should be popular music. And if it becomes popular music, I guess it's fine too. But uh, I've been pl- I picked up that Ibanez a while back. Mm-hmm. I've been playing with it a lot, and the thought process I've been having lately. My first electric guitar had a Floyd Rose knockoff on it. Yeah. A licensed Floyd Rose. And 
I didn't necessarily play it thinking like, oh, I'm going to play this guitar like a Floyd Rose guitar. It was my first electric. It was my only electric for years. I played it as this is just my electric guitar. Sometimes I used the Floyd and Floyd Rose sorts of ways. Right. Sometimes I didn't use it at all. It was just my bridge, you know? And sometimes I used it in more in ways that were closer to how you would use like a strat trim. Yeah. Like it's really just comes down to your use. Yeah, you can dive bomb with it. Yeah, you can do crazy squealy stuff with it. Uh but then a lot of the stuff that people do with like jag trims now, like offset mm-hmm. trims. It's like the same sort of thing you can do with a Floyd Rose and you do it without the uh, without losing your tuning, which is cool. Yeah. I kind of wish Floyd Rose would come out with some kind of offset style trim adaptation, like a double locking uh, jazz master <laughs> situation. I wonder what that would look like. No. It would probably look you like, it. you know, a mastery bridge and then a locking situation on the uh on the trim and then a locking nut right i mean honestly if you put a locking nut on a jazz master or a jaguar it'd probably take care of most of the issues and then you'd have to put fine tuners on the trim right that's that would be an, an interesting concept but i play the ibanez now and because i mm-hmm. bought it to be a shred guitar to get back into you only shred on it i pretty much only shred on it but then i pull back every now and then like, you know, like this is just a regular, this is just an electric guitar. If I want to play it like a surf rock guitar, I can, and it sounds fine. Yeah. And like, if I'm being restrained and not like trying to dive bomb or squeal or something like that, I can use the trim the same way I would on a Strat Mm -hmm. or on a Jaguar or on my Hallmark. If I'm being restrained and like controlling what I'm doing, yeah, it'll be like the same. I mean, if you like playing a Floyd Rose, it doesn't make you play, you know, like some kind of crazy shredder. Like you don't have to sound like Joe Satriani, right? You can Re- really you can, the uh, you can play it like you're, uh, you know, like any other guitarist if you want. Yeah, the the only real, I guess, downside that people would, I'm sure, will be quick to point out is how difficult uh, the restring is. Oh, absolutely, the restring because well. I mean, I don't, if you, once, but then people once complain you about it, Bigsby's too. Yeah, once you have it set up the first time, are you pr- with a Floyd Rose? Like, can you pretty much just pop out old if, strings and drop them if they're like the same gauge? Yeah, yeah. So, you don't so, have to adjust the springs if you drop so, the yeah, same so gauge. So once in. you have like your initial setup, which might take some time, like you're pretty much good to go. Yeah. After that, okay. I mean, the setup. Honestly, the setup. <clears throat> And the difficulty of changing strings once you figure out what you're doing is not that different from setting up a big speed guitar. Right. Like you're dealing with a floating trim that is dependent on the tension of the strings to keep the other strings in tune. So if you break a string, everything else is going yeah. out of tune. I've seen like two or three people ask about uh, Bigsby's this week uh, to the extent where I'm all part, part of me is like, man, like you should do a... Uh, restringing a Bigsby video. Do I have, probably should. Do you have a guitar with it? You have a good I have two Bigsby. guitars with yeah. Bigsby's. Wait, so, do I? I do. I have the I have the my Explorer and I have the Airline. Oh right, the Airline, the Airline. Yeah, right. Forgot about that guitar. Um, so yeah, um, I I don't know if the Floyd Rose era is over. 
I think there are a lot of people who still listen to like shredder music, even if they're making other stuff. And I think, you know, maybe people aren't going full meatily meatily, but at the end of the day, like I still think there are a lot of kids picking up, you know, Scorpions albums and Metallica albums and whatever, because their parents listen to that stuff. Or their parents um, didn't, and they're trying to rebel, yeah, uh, you know? and are kind of like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna need a guitar that I can do this sound with." I mean, the reason I bought a guitar with a Floyd for, for my first electric guitar wasn't because I wanted to shred. It's because I wanted a trim that could do it all, basically, right. and that's what I s- thought I saw in a Floyd Rose style guitar. Is like, oh, I can like. I can bend down. I can bend up. Uh-huh. I can, you know, wobble it really fast if I want. Like it looks, it looks like the right thing for me. How did that decision work out for you, Ryan? Uh, I wanted to kill myself the first time I changed strings, but then once I got used to it, I was totally fine with that guitar. It was a great guitar. All right, cool. Yeah. So, short answer: it's still a valid trim, and people should still use it if they want it. <laughs> hey, you know what I almost forgot? What did you almost forget? Housekeeping. Housekeeping. We got to thank people, Steve. Yeah, I want to thank uh, Kevin Equitz from Equitz Guitars and uh-huh. Michael Freer from Michael Freer. Uh-huh. Uh, they have signed up for the 60 Cycle Hum Inner Circle. Um, and I want to thank Kevin Fowler, who signed up at our best friends support level. Uh, so, Kevin, I think I already sent your stuff. And Kevin and Michael, I will do it. Soon, yeah. Uh, so Michael, uh, he drew, he was passing by my neck of the woods to go to a concert. Is he local? He's up in uh, shoot. Where is he? He's oh, he's up in Corona. Oh, okay. Uh, so a couple hours north of us. He was heading down past me to go to a concert. And he's like, "Hey, can I drop off this pedal? Right uh, for the wheel pedals." So like, yeah, sure, bring it by. He handed me an envelope with it, and I was like, ah, "I'm gonna wait till he's gone to open it." I you know, I don't. I just felt like the thing to do. I open. I open it up after he's gone, and it's a full year's worth of money for the inner circle. So he he went the cash route. Nice. He skipped the PayPal fees, which was very kind of him. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he entered into the wheel of pedals. So everyone, take a lesson from Michael. Come visit me in person. Hand me cash money. And give me a pedal for the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good good plan. Yeah. It's also fun talking to him and hanging out <laughs> with him for a little bit, like swapping stories and talking gear and stuff. It's, talk to these people online all day. It's fun to meet them in person. You yeah, know? for sure. Um, so, yeah. So, if you want to know more about supporting the show, head to 60cyclehumcast.com. Click on support the show. Yep. Um, if you can't find it, it's uh, 60humcast.com. Anyway, uh, this is our last ad. This is the Slinger Strap. I've seen this in a couple different places, but the person who emailed it to us was Max Creech, so he's getting the credit. Uh huh. This is the Slinger Strap, no shoulder strap, the hip strap, guitar strap. Uh, available now, Slinger Strap specializes in a variety of ergonomic guitar straps designed to reduce or remove the shoulder weight of your guitar to help prevent the aches and pains standard guitar straps can cause. Um, Am I seeing this right? I mean, it's basically like a waist strap, like a fanny pack yeah. for your guitar. Am I seeing that the strap button for this is connected to the bottom horn of this Les Paul? You are. That is crazy. You have to put a, a strap button on your bottom horns to use this thing? 
I don't really understand why you need to do that. Why? I mean, maybe I'm wonder. I bet you could wear that strap higher up. Like that's just below his hip. I think. I think if you get it up higher on your waist, you could wear the guitar in that position. I think what it is is you have to have it on the lower horn to create an up angle, and if you have it on the upper horn, it's just going to be oh, flat. Oh yeah. So you know, if you you could kind of get away with flat if you want to wear it higher. But the problem is, is that I wear I don't wear my guitar like Tom Morello high, but I wear it higher than a lot of people do. When and I want to, uh, I don't want to put like I don't want to put a strap in the place where like a person would put like a heartbeat monitor. Yeah, like halfway up my torso, like right on your diaphragm. Yeah, that, that kind of sucks. That's no bueno. Also, my body. Sh- I don't think it's shaped properly to make this work. Also, how hard would it be to put this guitar down like in the middle of a set? You don't. You wear it with you. you it's a fashion accessory. It's like forever Maybe on there's you. like a clip in the back or something. You think, I mean, maybe there's someone out there whose back is bad in a very specific way that they need this. I will say but then like. I, then I think if your back is that bad. Just sit down. Sit down. Yeah. I'll say that I feel like I would. I could possibly be more comfortable with something like this because my left shoulder, like even sitting here when we record, like my left shoulder starts hurting and it's just from like kids. Yeah. From, like, kids do my kids. So, and I'm way overdue to go see a chiropractor. Yeah. Uh, I need some of that chiropractor magic or maybe just a massage parlor, like just, get a deep tissue massage in my shoulder. Uh-huh. Uh, I have tried and it will help for like a couple days. My, I'll have my older kid, like, stand on my shoulder just on my shoulder yeah and like bounce up and down like yeah as gently as she will do it uh but i'm always worried that she's like a slip away from just like breaking my shoulder blade <laughs> in half. i screwed up my shoulder pretty bad in the first year of having my kid because he would sleep in the bed next to me mm. and i would like tuck my arm like under my head right and I like to wrap it over him. Right. And just sleeping in that position night after night, like wrecked my shoulder to the point where I couldn't sleep on that side of the bed anymore. And I feel like I'm just now getting back to normal, like a year and a half later. Yeah. I feel like it's something I could probably get. But fixed, I didn't mess but... up. It didn't mess my shoulder up for guitar playing. I'll say that. It no, was like sleeping. I definitely uh, get shoulder fatigue from, uh, Guitar straps. So here's another thing. Guitars. This guy this guy has installed a strap button on the lower horn of yep. his Epiphone Les Paul, which is fine if you got a, an Epiphone. I feel like it would be tragic if someone saw this and installed a strap button on, you know, like their vintage Les Paul. Like yeah, their Gibson Les of Paul. Course. Going into facing, you know, like some classic vintage instrument to to live out their fanny pack guitar strap dreams. You know? I I just feel like this is a bad idea all around. I'm still, I'm still in the camp of sit down. Yeah, like get your and don't invest in a guitar fanny pack. Get yourself like a cool chair that'll look cool. On I stage. mean, I guess maybe there's just like a uh, a expectation, like oh, you need a, some a bit of mobility. But yeah, I mean, just do the Dave Grohl thing. Get a uh, throne, the throne of guitars, throne of guitars. Well, here's here's another point. I've seen things that do this before, mm-hmm. but it, they, they do the more like like full back protector harness thing, right? Where like the strap is still hanging off of your shoulder, but, but then it wraps down your back and connects to a waist. 
Right. Strap. That's why I always kind of thought the, uh, like, uh, it's been so long since I've tried to look for it, but the, the ZZ Top guys, right. ZZ Tulp, yeah. um, that those guys had, because they, I know at least one of them, they have like the guitar that will just spin Swing. on the strap. Yeah, the spins on it. Um, and I thought, I've at least in my memory, that was like an X, uh, an X harness. It might so be. So it's kind of like a race, like a, uh, guitar strap that's kind of like a backpack it goes on both shoulders yeah and it crosses in the front i think i honestly if you if you need to stand up and you're having back trouble i would not get this product i would look into like the x strap thing that you're talking about where it's like you've got the wide band that goes around your waist like a back protector and then there's straps that go over your shoulders and it just more evenly distributes the weight of the guitar uh because i think it moves the the strap on the butt end of the guitar lower down Closer to your your lower back. Yeah. Um, there's just got to be better options than this. This just looks so sketchy to me. Yeah. I mean, and it's $30. $30. I guess experiment if you want to. Like, it's disposable. But, I mean, don't go putting weird strap You know buttons. what I could get for $30, Ryan? Two you? trillers. You get two trillers and use them at the same time. Uh, no, don't go screwing strap buttons into weird places on your guitar to satiate some sort of experiment with a weird strap yeah like don't do it guys also don't go breaking my heart yeah don't go breaking steve's heart all right this uh this week um oh i guess we're at the end we're at the end my Uh, friend so i'm gonna say uh big thanks to our sponsors sinusoid pro audio couture maker of cables and smiles uh check them out at sinusoid.com uh, they can make you cable and maybe I guess they'll make you smile uh, or something. <laughs> they will physically force you to smile. All right. Uh, and Mammoth Electronics, who has brought back the Keeley mods. Uh, so if you want a Keeley modded pedal, go check that out. Yeah, classic Keeley mods like the three-way mod for the rat pedal. Yep. Uh, and uh, all sorts of other mods for all your favorite classic boss and other pedals. Yep. All right, this week's song uh, was sent by Alan Chappell. He says, I've been meaning to submit some songs for a while, so here you go. These are some demo versions of songs from my old band's EP from 2007. He describes the gear as follows. Me, the worst-sounding guitar. Squire Finity Telly, Epiphone Les Paul Jr. with P90, Epiphone Dot Semi Hollow, Epiphone Triggerman Head using a couple built-in effects, Crate 4x12, Digitech RP50 or 80 or something. Uh, I don't know. It was just used for the noise gate. Boss SD1 and a Boss TU2. Uh, the other guitar player uh, was, he says, clearly the better sounding option had a Fender single pickup Japanese Strat, Fender 70 Strat, a Daisy Rock electric 12 string with electrical tape covering the logo because he was embarrassed to be playing a Daisy oh, Rock. Oh, jeez. Uh, a vintage 64-65 Fender Bassman, uh, oversized vintage Fender 2x12 cab, Boss DU2, MXR Microamp, MXR Phase 90, Dan Electro Daddio. Uh, he says his pedal board was bigger, but I don't remember everything he had. We took the line off the mixer we used and recorded straight into Audacity on my power book. Um, so we're going to play the one song that we didn't preview. He sent us four (laughs) songs. Uh, this one is called taken away. Um, 
the all the tracks say zero zero and then the song title so i don't know if the band's name is zero zero like just two zeros might be like a jersey where like somebody's number would just be zero Uh but then they have two zeros like oh oh i don't know anyway uh thanks alan chapel for sending us your song uh if you want your song heard on the show 60cyclehomcast at gmail.com send us a file yeah send us an mp3 preferably yep or anything that any file that can play on a apple computer is what i require all right guys see you later bye